0: Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the PDX Executive Podcast. Uh, on our episode today, we have Alicia Ford, the founder and CEO of Glory Skincare. Alicia, thanks for joining.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So there's a lot of things I want to talk to you about. I know you've recently pivoted your business a little bit, which I'm really interested in, in talking about. I think it'd be really valuable to, to share that story. But we'd love for you to start and give a little overview of, you know, who you are and the, the company, uh, that you founded and just a little bit of the origin story, if that sounds okay.
1: Yeah, sounds good. Um, gosh, to give you a little background information, um, I'm from Southern California. I love the beach. I had a strong interest actually in working in sports and entertainment. So it's actually quite interesting to, to sort of hear my, my background story. Mm. Um, But uh, just to give you a little information, uh, while I was at uh, USC for undergrad, I had the opportunity to intern for um, an agent, a sports agent, Lee Steinberg. And uh, there while shadowing him, I just was, I just admired the way he was so well poised and was able to advocate for his clients. And so that's really where I developed the interest of going to law school. Mm. So, you know. Fast forward, I'm now a licensed attorney. I had uh, worked for various corporations um, prior to starting Glory. Uh, most recently, I you know, was working for a dedicated advertising agency for Apple where I negotiated celebrity talent deals oh, wow. um, and then also um, worked at Nike. Okay uh, managing our license agreements for the top fifty college football and basketball programs, so very, very different uh, <laughs> background yeah. than than most founders, I will say um, but really what what catapulted the the vision for glory was about ten years ago when I was in law school, I was suffering from debilitating migraines and I was just trying to do as much research as I could, and I also started looking into, well, what were in my skincare products, you know? Um, And I found that there were just so many different toxins that were in my skincare products. Hmm. Um, And so then I decided to really go through this clean beauty journey where I started going to organic uh, markets and trying out clean skincare products for my face, for my body and what have you. And I noticed a dramatic difference in my skin, but also I uh, had fewer migraines. So, yeah, so that's really interesting. And so fast forward, you know, I'm living in Portland. um, I'm working as an attorney and I'm looking to find a place to get a facial treatment. And I'm, you know, an African-American woman. I have dark skin you know, I went on Google and Yelp to find an esthetician who had experience treating women of color. Mm. And I searched various terms on Google and Yelp, uh, you know, African-American facials and facials for minority women and nothing came up. Mm. And, uh, I thought, well, okay, well, maybe it's because I'm in Portland and, you know, there's (laughs) a, yeah, it's not as diverse as other places that I've lived. Um, And, but then what was so surprising is after doing more research and doing those similar searches for cities like Seattle and Denver and Dallas, and I noticed that really. There just was this lack of services for women of color. And so outside of LA and New York, I noticed this, this gap in the market. Hmm. And and so, yeah, that's where where the vision for, for Glory began.
0: And so it's interesting because your background, like you said, you're a lawyer, you worked in agencies, you didn't really have, um, you, you know, this is you went through this research and it was really a, a, a problem you wanted to solve for yourself. So when did you make the jump and say, I'm going to start a company around this because this is a, a problem, you know, a lot of other folks will have, it can help solve. So I, I'm curious to see, just, you know, always like love talking about the process of that and kind of yeah. deciding to leave a career to, to do this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So once I noticed that I thought, okay, I am going to enlist my closest friends. So I created a survey on SurveyMonkey and I sent it out to, I think about like 50 of my closest like friends and family. And I asked them to share it with other women. And it was, you know, questions around, you know, like what is your current skincare routine and where do you go to get a facial? And you know, how much money do you spend on skincare? And It got to about 300 women Mm. and what was so surprising was one, how much women are spending on skincare per month, Um, but still not what I found was most of the women that were surveyed were still unhappy with the products that they were using and surprisingly didn't have like a dedicated esthetician or someone to actually go to to learn more about their skin health. And so after that, that's really what made me think, huh, okay. Well, if it doesn't exist, why can't I create it? And I, it's so funny because if you had told me this like five years ago, I would have laughed. Like, there's no way, (laughs) you know, like I, I, I like, uh, you know, I like to have things consistent. I like to have stability, (laughs) all of those things. So. If you had told me that I would be doing what I'm doing now, I would not have believed you. Um,
0: <laughs> and not to interrupt, but was that just you felt so strongly about, you know, like I said, helping people and solving this problem, and uh, you just made the jump to do it, or were some of the other factors like people encouraging you, or mentors, or
1: you know, it's interesting. There were, I think, it was not only getting the feedback from friends and family. But um, I had, you know, lost my dad a few years ago, and it really put things in perspective for me. Um, you know, although I had a job that I, you know, enjoyed, I didn't feel though, as though like it was um, as uh, passion-filled. And so I thought, you know, life, life is short. Why not, why not take the leap and um, take a chance? I love and, that. You know, and, and also, you know, being an attorney, I, I figured if it doesn't work out, I can always find another attorney
0: job. (laughs) (laughs) And and so what year would it, just to kind of look at the time timeline here, what year was, did it officially launch?
1: Yeah. So actually what's interesting is we did not officially launch glory until February of this year. Okay. Right before (laughs) COVID-19. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And was the original vision to have retail storefronts? Is that right?
1: That's correct. So, yes. So originally our vision was to have, um, we were going to, so initially what we thought was is that let's start with a digital presence. Let's get this site up and running, which was in February. The thought was to really build some traction. What you could do at the time was the customer could fill out a skincare quiz and um, based off of algorithms, we would recommend clean products for her to to purchase. Okay. Um, but the vision was is that eventually we would raise a pre seed round and open our first brick and mortar location in Seattle. Okay. And the customer could come in. She would still fill out the skincare profile, but then we would also have this personalized facial treatment for her with. The products that were recommended. And so you had this matching system of an esthetician who had experience treating this specific uh, type of skin, as well as uh, the, pro- the clean products to use during the facial treatment. Got it. Yeah.
0: And so, I mean, obviously the world kind of <laughs> fell apart a little bit, especially the retail storefront uh, as we're still yeah. going through this. And did you quickly make that decision to you know, pivot. I I would love to learn about the new kind of the new business model, which is a subscription from what I believe, but how was that process, um, and doing it?
1: Yeah. You know, I think as we all are aware, this is just unprecedented times. And so to be honest with you, I think the first few weeks I was just trying to process everything. And once I kind of got over that, um, I realized, okay, well, what is what is our mission? You know, our mission is to um, make sure that women of every hue um, are educated on their skin health um, and know what products to use and have access to skincare professionals who have experience treating their skin. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I thought, okay, let's move this to a subscription box service in the sense that although the model has changed. Our mission remains the same,
0: right? I loved how you went back to the mission and said you can still serve, and I assume maybe even better this way, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, because we can actually we can meet the needs of more women uh, from a digital experience. I think more so than we did by opening a store, you know, in each city yeah. that would take quite some time to do.
0: And I know we were talking before we start recording that you're you're part of a uh, Pi the Portland Incubator Experiment, and yeah, um, you were probably you know working there and uh, out of their space, and you know looking to maybe like you mentioned raise some some pre seed or seed funding. And uh, is that on hold, or where where are you kind of at with that, and the decision around that?
1: Yeah, I think you know right now I'm I'm currently bootstrapping Glory. Uh, we just finished a, a great marketing campaign, given um, Prosper Portland was um, generous in providing us with a an inspiring diversity grant, which was really helpful awesome um, but again, you know like with with beauty, you definitely not only need to raise your um, increase your brand awareness but also um, you know, make sh- make sure that people are aware of of what you 're offering, and so that requires marketing dollars as well as um, funding for just even our product recommendation engine to be yeah. built yeah. so with that the the plan is to continue to gain some traction, and I think our next step will be to uh, look to angel investors mm-hmm. uh, to help glow grow glory yeah. um, and you know Portland incubator experiment has been so helpful, um, and supportive. And so I'm just so thankful to have both Rick and the other mentors that are available as well as the other founders that are available. I think it's a, a great, great resource for uh, someone like myself who doesn't have any experience in the, the startup ecosystem.
0: Yeah. We'll get into, you know, just the Portland business community in, in general, because it is, it is special, right? It's very supportive yes. and I was on your site earlier, and uh, you you mentioned something on the site about beauty tech. So, the people who don't yeah. know that you know what that market is or term, I'd love to you to talk about, it and I would love to learn more about it too, because it is a market that's I can see really untapped and it has just an incredible amount of potential.
1: Sure, sure. So, I think it's it's the intersection between beauty and skincare and technology. Um, we see ourselves as a tech enabled startup in the sense that we are direct to consumer, but we do use technology to make our product recommendations as well as make our, um, business processes more efficient.
0: Right. Interesting. And what are some other people kind of our companies that are in that space now or, or is it still pretty new? Um,
1: You know, it's interesting. It's, it's, it's fairly new. What I have seen though, is that there are, you know, large brands starting to use AI in their, um, recommendations. Like for instance, I know Olay has an app where you can take a picture of yourself and they can recommend some Olay products. Hmm. So you do see that, that intersection. Um, and I think, you'll definitely start to hear more about up-and-coming beauty tech startups. You do see it with, um, you know, personalized hair care, such as pros. You you hear it with um, uh, vitamins, you know, providing, you know, uh, personalized vitamins. So you do, you're starting to see it quite a bit. Also with clothing as well, with Stitch Fix. Right. Happen. So yeah. yeah, so I think you'll definitely start to hear it more within the beauty and skincare space.
0: And it's interesting just around uh, yeah, the, the subscription model. I mean, during this time while I've been home, I, I've, been, I can, I've been signing up <laughs> for different subscriptions and things. So it could yeah. be like a, a good time as everybody's getting more used to just shopping. I mean, people have been shopping digitally for a long time, but just with that kind of uh, product and, and reoccurring um, recurring occurring product. So I'm curious to see what kind of, how's the feedback been since you, you launched the new model?
1: It's been great, actually. I will say, I just think, um, you know, unfortunately, yes, we're, we're in this pandemic, but I do see, um, opportunities, right? I think, like you said, a lot, everyone is home. Yeah. Um, what I found too, is that, um, very few women are actually wearing makeup nowadays <laughs> um, and they're more concerned about what their skin looks like naturally and what products to use. And so there has been this, um, we've actually been doing pretty well so far with mm-hmm. our subscription model. Um, we're taking pre-orders now and we we've gotten sales in, which is great.
0: Awesome.
1: Um, so yeah, so things look, things look good.
0: Well, it's exciting and let's let's go back to Portland a little bit. I mean, yeah. How has starting a company been here in Portland, especially as you embark on this journey of, you know, looking to raise money potentially, you know, from investors here? I mean, we're still a small kind of mid-market town. Yeah. Uh, so, h- how's it been?
1: Yes. You know, it's interesting. I think the, you know, I had touched on it earlier. The pros are uh, because the startup ecosystem here in Portland is so small, it's so tight-knit, um, you know, you're probably only one or two uh, degrees of separation yeah. from, from folks. Um, people are extremely supportive and helpful. I mean, pre-COVID, I could you know reach out to someone via email and they would certainly get back to me and be willing to meet with me for coffee and yeah. even now i think they would be open for a zoom call right um and so from what i hear in comparison to other uh, larger markets that may not be the case so i think that is that is great just having that that supportive uh support network um i think some of the challenges which i think you had brought up is just around raising capital i think there's still just so um, few VC firms and um, the amount of money available is just so small. Um, And from what I hear from other founders, they just tell me like, when you go to raise, don't even, don't start in Portland, (laughs) you Uh, know, like mm -hmm. go, go to the Bay, go to California. There are other places, or sorry, go to the Bay or go to Southern California, but there are other places to um, to raise, and where you'll have uh, uh, a better chance of raising.
0: Yeah, you know, I definitely have gotten that feedback too. And what's interesting, you're seeing some, uh, you know, there's a lot of entrepreneurs that have maybe exited successively that still live here. Yeah. are giving back, like a Jamie Schmidt or or, yeah. or some other folks. So I think that is going to be a, a huge runway to. Companies like your, yours and just founders that do want to give back and keep the money here. So we'll, yeah. we'll see. Yeah, um, a couple other things I want to talk about is just you know I find myself uh, you know I run a small business. It's it's not a tech company or anything, but have these days of being really down <laughs> through mm-hmm. this. And I love for you just uh, you're like I said you're very optimistic and um, through this as you've pivoted, has that how have you kind of dealt with it just personally. I mean have you always stayed optimistic or do you had days where it's been a little challenging? I think that's valuable to, to talk about yeah. if you're willing to share.
1: Yeah, no, um there are days where it is challenging. <laughs> I will say, uh gosh, I think even, you know, pre-COVID the um there are days where it was just so challenging. And now to have not only that, but then also now with the pandemic, there's just so much uncertainty. Yeah. Um And so, yeah, there are days where I, I question, you know, why am I doing, is this, is this what I should be doing right now, just given finances and uncertainty and, and where is the economy going? And, and so all of those questions, and then I think back to, I remind myself of why I started this and I, and the reason is, is I want to make an impact in this world while I'm here. And so it's much bigger than myself. And so when I think of that and I think of all of the women um, that we can service, then it helps me to keep going. And that's how I'm able to stay optimistic. But I'd be lying if I said that it was, you know, I was this optimistic every single day.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no. But I love how you, like you said, you've gone gone back to your mission and why are you doing it and holding on to that and, and being able to pivot is is big because I think I, I hear a lot of companies like we're just you know waiting for things to get back to normal and I think that's the wrong strategy is, is yeah. uh, so um, you, you know we'll see but it is it, the uncertainty is is <laughs> <it's> challenging so <laughs> but we'll, we'll get through it well uh, Alicia thanks so much for you know hopping on I, I love the company and, and you know excited to see where it goes so thanks again
1: thank you for having me um, and yeah I'd love to stay in touch so thanks
0: The PDX Executive Podcast is a production of ThatCast, a Portland, Oregon podcast agency that partners with brands to create custom podcasts. You can learn more at thatcast.com. And please take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast as well.